0: I know it's a terrible day outside, so that's why you're all here. Um, I mean, one of the really cool things about being a photographer, as opposed to, say, a painter or a sculptor, is that um, you're involved in all these different worlds. I mean, photography is a, a commercial medium, so people do advertising and, and magazine photography, as well as fine art photography, and I'm lucky enough to do all of those things. Um, and, and one other thing that I do is stuff like this occasionally. And and what I've learned is that it's best not to prepare at all because uh, then you just get nervous about what you're supposed to remember to say. So this is sort of uh, fresh, <laughs> what you're getting here. What's cool about this size group is that you can just blurt out questions as we go and and don't feel bad about it at all. And you can also sneak out the doors. <laughs> My feelings won't be hurt. Um, This is a, you know, it's a peculiar show because it's not, this is not a body of work. Um, But it's not the traditional group show where you just have one or two pictures. So it's, and because it's contained in a room, um, I was able to play around with what do I want to do with that room. And this Portraiture Now series, I mean, this particular... Uh, exhibition, as I understand it, you know, is dealing with editorial photography, magazine photography, slash fine art photography. It's in sort of the crossover. Um, so how to approach that? I mean, I could have just picked editorial work that I've done, but I, but I had something else on my mind at that time, which is, uh, if you'll notice, all these picture, portraits are of women. And for the last few years, I've been doing a project uh, that's exclusively of men and often sort of lonely, bearded men. <laughs> that you know, and it's, it's going to be a big seller. I can really tell. Um, but I've had this, you know, I, because I've been working on this, I've, I've had just a real desire to, do, you know, to explore the opposite. And... Um, and it's also something that's just on my mind, as the wall text kind of might allude to, I think, uh, a little bit, but it doesn't... Uh, when I was in... Co- I went to Sarah Lawrence College, um, which is, a, you know, a real... Uh, uh, you know, uh, how do I say? It? You know, sort of artsy-fartsy, you know, East Coast, but we're on the East Coast, so I won't say that, school. Um, but, and we had a copy of this book by Gary Winogrand, called women are beautiful and and i couldn 't believe that this book hadn 't been burned you know it was because it 's really uh, not politically correct and and over the years i 've thought about that book and i hadn 't seen it and, uh, and I thought, well, maybe you know he was on to something uh, maybe he 's just being honest and and I recently got my hands on this book, and it 's it is that. It is honest, but it is also not the greatest book in the world at all. Um, but I thought, can I put together an exhibition just of portraits of women? Is that acceptable as a theme? It seems stupid somehow. But I gave it a shot. And and this is what I came up with. And, and it really represents um, all these different lives of photography that I get to lead um, Probably the earliest picture in here is this one, uh, which is from 2000. So uh, the first body of work that I did that got exposure was something called Sleeping by the Mississippi. And this is a series of photographs made along the Mississippi River over the course of several years, a number of trips. Um, Incidentally, I'm on a road trip right now as we speak. uh, And we just started in Minneapolis, drove to Philadelphia where I gave a lecture. I'm here, I'm going down to Savannah and then working my way around. And this is my absolute favorite time of year to travel because I just love kind of cold in the north and blossoming in the south. And I, tr- with Sleeping by the Mississippi, I always tried to travel at that time of year. Um, and a side effect of that was that all this sort of you know, Easter, Lenten kind of material was coming up in the South. So this picture is in uh, Ash Wednesday, uh, you know, day after Mardi Gras in New Orleans. The funny little story behind the picture is that... um, So it's, you know, it's the next day. Everyone's tired and hungover, and and I ask if I can take her picture, and she says, yeah, will you buy me a beer if I... And I'm like, well, that doesn't really go with the whole Ash Wednesday thing. And oh, she's like, oh, cigarette ashes. They're not, it's not, re- they're not real ashes. So. Um, and another funny story about her is that on this crazy bearded guy in the woods project, I, I was at a, uh, a commune in, outside of Austin, Texas. And, she had just been there. Because I sometimes I bring along copies of my books to show people. And they're like, we know her. She was just here. It was, it was just crazy. Because her name is uh, Adeline. She didn't have an address, so I never could send her a picture. But it's, her last name is like Shockadelica. So it's... <laughs> um, so that's one of the earliest, and that was done entirely when I was in my own world of just making my own pictures. There was no audience. There was never an expectation that it was going to be at the National Portrait Gallery or any of that. Um, things really changed after this body of work because it, it made it out into the world, and all of a sudden I had all sorts of new opportunities. And I, you know, I, I worked at an art museum for seven years as part of the in-house photography staff, and I had to leave that job and um, figure out what I was going to do. And, you know, there was the option of teaching. And, but I, somehow, you know, I wanted to keep traveling, keep moving. And so doing, being a working photographer seemed like a good, you know, option. I could use this attention from the art world to, to try and do that. So I started taking kind of every assignment that came along. Uh, in the beginning. I and mean, one of the assignments was for Entertainment Weekly, okay? And it was, uh, you know, I was the author of the newest version of The Godfather, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is not a real high-level assignment. Um, so I went to Tallahassee to take his picture. And the picture's terrible. I mean, it's really, really bad. But when I was in Tallahassee... Um, my assistant and I went to this diner, and, and this picture was made. And a big change happened photographically for me, um, sort of between this time and this time, which is that um, I really, you, you, you don't see it here, but I, a lot of the pictures in Sleeping by the Mississippi were quite complicated, uh, lots of things happening in them. And I really got tired of that, and and I started simplifying pictures around this time. So, you know, I had we had time to kill. I had a couple hours until my shoot. I'm having lunch. She walks in with her father, and he's wearing fatigues. She's got this this red hair, and they're they're eating here, and they have just piles of like you know fried chickens, you know, Southern cooking, and. So I set up my camera. I use often uh, a large format camera, sort of uh, dark cloth over the head. Um, so it, it becomes quite a scene in a restaurant. Uh, everyone's very aware of me. And then eventually I, I realize the father's is kind of a distraction. I take him out. I thought the food was good, but then I, I realized it wasn't. I take the food out. And what's happening here is that you know, ten minutes have passed, and she's as bored as could be. You know, but she she has to stay still because the other thing about this camera is that it's a very limited um, focus area. So you, you'll notice that you know uh, her eye is in focus, her shoulders not, um, even her mouth is out of focus. So it's just there's a little plane of focus that's between her eye and this this tablecloth, and so she has to stay there. And so she's, you know, probably falling asleep. But hopefully that's not how you read the picture. You, you read it as this sort of dreamy picture. Um, this was a big step for me, simplifying the moment. But it's also, for me, it's part of my theory of portraiture, which is that, uh, well, I had a show, a big show of lots of bodies of work in Paris a year or something ago that was called The Space Between Us. And, and it came up with that name because I always say that I'm not photographing the other person, I'm photographing uh, that, the space that exists my, between myself and that other person. Um, and when it takes this time and they, they move into their own little world and I'm, and I'm in, under the cover, I'm dark cloth and I'm thinking, um, I'm in my space and I, and I like to feel I mean, and that's, in playing with this focus, I like to feel how they're over there and I'm over here, if that makes sense. Uh, any questions so far? Yeah. How do you, uh, do you really, once, like, when you're making this picture, are you really trying to control, like, what she's doing? You're kind of letting her relax and relax until you get to that point. I mean, I know it's, it's a long process mm-hmm. to set the camera up and stuff like that, uh, but is that how you kind of like to do things, yeah, I mean, I'm setting up the camera and uh, and the subject is moving around a little bit and then you'll see something happen and then you say, hold that, you know, or she just rests on her arm like that, hold that. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a purist photographer at all, so I would, you know, if the flower's under her arm a little bit, I'll pop it, you know, whatever. I'm, yes, whatever. I'm happy to move, and I'm happy to move all the food out and do all these things. Um, so it's more a matter of stopping things when I see it. Um, I I really don't like too much sort of banter back and forth, and I don't go crazy with direction. You know, I mean it's it's a slow process too, so it's not boosh boosh boosh. I mean, one of the funny things about um, fashion photography, of which there's no true example. I mean, this was done for this fashion magazine project, but when I was in Paris, I worked with a lot of fashion models. And it's, uh, it's really a f- uh, fascinating thing as a photographer because you, the second you take a picture, they'd give you another look. It's like built in. You, you do this, and then they, they give you another one. And it's, it's great because you get all these different things, but they're all fake, you know? And, um, and it doesn't work with 8x10 photography at all because they blow the focus every time. So I would have to, you know, I'd yell at them, like, do not move after I click the shutter. Um, and also, and this really relates to this whole exhibition, I'm just quickly moving on to that, I, I really don't like photographing people that their profession is to be photographed. So, um, you know, I've, as I advanced and I did more and more magazine work, I developed my no CEO policy, um, because the number one thing you get asked to do as a portrait photographer is the CEO of, you know, I live in Minnesota, we have 3M in Minnesota, or, you know, we have Best Buy. I'm constantly asked to photograph whoever that is, and it's just not my, because they, you know, they give you this, and then for eight seconds, and then they're gone, and it's, that's not why I got involved, that's not the space between us and, and all that stuff. Um, and i 've learned that celebrity photography uh model photography it's it's it tends to be the same thing and they 're not bad people or anything there 's just it 's what they do um, so i 'll jump way ahead for a second since we 're over here, but uh, eventually i I did all this magazine work i eventually applied to become a member of Magnum Photos, which is this Organi- you know, it's an international organization of professional photographers, working photographers, and I uh, and I started getting better and better jobs. and And Magnum had this thing called Fashion Magazine that they do. Uh, they did it one with Martin Parr. They did another one with a guy named Bruce Gilden. And the idea is that you produce an entire magazine of one photographer's pictures, including the ads so and i i want, I was up for this challenge, so I, I suggested that I do it, and they asked me to do it and um and then, what am I going to do so because they like to start with a con- an overall concept for the magazine, and i didn 't know what the concept should be, so they had some something about fairy tales or something like that and uh it's, this is developed out of Paris, so I went to Paris to start it, and quickly, this fairy tale thing wasn 't working at all. Another thing they 'd lined up is you know the first day I went to uh, a Dior fashion show, I got kicked out like, within within five minutes um, and they set up a bunch of shoots with these models, and it just didn 't work uh, it 's just not my thing and so one of the one of the pe- creative people that I was working with, I, you know, I said this thing with the models; it's not doing it. We need something else, and uh, I need real. And so we we decided to photograph his wife. This is his wife. And what's cool about this picture is I would never met her. So, and w- we set it up so that I go to her house, we bring in the camera and everything. She's sleeping. And we, we take the picture right when she wakes up. You know, like, okay, I'm set up. Wake up. Boom. Take the picture. There's another picture. So then the stylists all come in. And they do the hair and the makeup and everything. And they get her all dressed up. In the, and that's the whatever dress we're showing off, we show off. And that's the other picture. And I don't really care about the other picture. But I love making this right when she wakes up. And what a cool... I mean, this is why... I love being a photographer. Is you know that kind of intimacy too? Because I was able to kick people out of the, I was able to be in the room. You know, there's maybe there's one other person with me in there, but to be in the room when a stranger wakes up, that's pretty great. Um, <laughs> any takers here? <laughs> uh, okay, I got the segue. Um, so I was in Paris, and I, and I was doing this shooting, but, you know, for me, and I was trying to figure out what is this project about, and very quickly I realized, you know, I live in Minnesota, I'm not as fashion savvy as, as maybe some of the Parisians, um, and, I, you know, going, dealing with these fashion people, I just was really aware of what an outsider I was, and... and and I was also thinking about, what is fashion? I mean, fashion is the way you present yourself to the world. And, and yes, uh, you know, couture is one way of presenting yourself to the world, but I mean, actually this is fashion. What you're wearing is fashion. Um, and so I, was, I wanted to juxtapose it to something else, and I wanted to sort of show myself in this. So I decided to do fashion on the other side, in Minnesota, where I live. And so the, the final project's called Paris, Minnesota. So we have this, and then we have this. And, I mean, in fact, there is... I mean, there in the Minnesota side, um, most of it, there were no stylists, no, you know, no creative people. I did it on my own. So I went to this ice skating rink and, you know, just asked her if I could take her picture, um... And it's as simple as that. So we're not selling anything or whatnot. Um, however, a section of the, of the Minnesota side was done for W Magazine. And, and actually, that was quite funny because that W Magazine is a big fashion magazine and lots of money behind it. So they came, and we did it all in the winter, that, which was important to me. Um, so we actually went a few hours north of where I live in Minnesota in February... And you know, I, I, you know the, the the stylist had two tailors, two assistants. You know, this is just the stylist. You know, so we had trucks, we had everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we photographed real people. I didn't photograph models. So we found you know uh, local students to do it, and did this whole crazy shoot. And I love it. And and what it really got at was this other kind of beauty. Um, The representative image here isn't quite fair because this is a young woman, but um, (coughs) most of the Paris pictures... Towards the end of the project, I realized that that the the Paris pictures should be about older women, like these really elegant, sophisticated older women, and the Minnesota pictures would be young, awkward, but also beautiful, Um, and it became about that. This whole project was done in six months, which is just incredibly fast to do, like, you know, hundreds of pictures. Um, But I love these challenges. And again, this is kind of what I like about being a photographer, these crazy experiences. Uh, Can't help but mention, John Gossage, photographer right here, sorry, uh, is only here today because... (laughs) because, Yeah, I made him. But but he and I, this last January, uh, were in New Zealand. We got invited to New Zealand... And um, spent a couple of weeks photographing there. And I love, you know, know, I didn't know anything about New Zealand. I mean, nor did I read anything in advance. I mean, it was like totally, uh, and you just get dropped into a situation. Um, That's the way magazine photography is sometimes. And it can be horrific, you know, and sometimes it's magical. Um, Just, you know, a month or so ago, I was in the Republic of Georgia and, and this was not planned far in advance at all. I just got dropped into this place and um, followed up on this by photographing women only in a very different way. And, um, and it was a fantastic experience. So, so then I'll do something like that, and then I'll do, you know, tomorrow we're driving to Nashville. I have a, I'm doing for a quickie assignment on tent cities. So there's a big tent city in Nashville. And then I'll go back to the personal project that I've been working on for years. So it's, it's always something new. Uh, this, is a, this is one of my favorite stories behind a picture. And it shows yet another kind of photography. Uh, so this woman... Stacy Baker, uh, I'd never met before. And she called me. She's from Texas. And she called me and said, You know, asked if I could photograph her parents in Texas. You know, and I saw dollar signs. You know, I think it was like, Okay, wealthy Texas, like oil family. You know, I'm going to do this commission portrait. And, um, and so I fly down, and she picks me up. And she's not wealthy at all. I mean, she's fair you know, uh, she's a, a lawyer, but a lawyer for low-income people and, and whatnot, and she just loves, you know, was falling in love with photography, loves her parents, and had brought me down. And we're driving in the car, and I'm, I'm quickly realizing this, and, and it's very foggy out, which is quite unusual for Texas. And... And I'm, I'm a sucker for fog. Whenever I see it, and I'm like, "And she's kind of incredible looking." And I, and I, so I've got to take your picture. And I took a picture of her quickly. I, I was afraid the fog was going to burn off. Took one by the side of the road, and then we went to her parents' farm, and they have a sheep farm. And um, I photographed, you know, I photographed her there. Like that was my mission. I, I, of course, I took the picture of her parents and and all of that. And we had this great experience. Um, but it's the rest of the story, which I love, which is that um, she, you know, I think it was a sort of a magical experience for her, too. I mean, I love this, this picture. It's been exhibited a ton. And she really got interested in photography then. So she left her job as a lawyer and went, went to the main photographic workshops, took classes and whatnot. Eventually, not only becomes a photographer, but becomes a photo editor at the New York Times Magazine, which is probably the highest level photo editing job you can have. Um, And I was just told, you know, Brandon told me that she was here, I mean, she was in D.C. She saw the picture here because she was doing the uh, Obama's people shoot for the New York Times Magazine. And, uh, you know, she has this whole other life in photography, which is just incredible. And I it's this kind of serendipity that I really love. Um, uh, Yeah. Is this the full view or did you crop? I'm generally in all of these. Do you, when you show the image, is it the full view or is it... Yeah, it's basically, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm willing to crop, but the pictures are so slowly made that I just do all the cropping in the camera for the most part. Um, so that's it, but it doesn't mean there's not a building right here, and uh, you know, and something ugly right over here. You know, so I crop that out while making the picture. I mean, I always say that photography for me is the art of editing. It's like it's 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 as much about what you leave out as, as about what you put in. And um, I mean, that's been the lesson of pulling out the chicken <laughs> and uh, is leaving things out, leaving things for the imagination. And so that, uh, I don't know what this says, but normally, you know, I don't tell the whole story behind the picture. This is, this sort of ongoing battle for me is how much information to give people, how much of a story to tell. And it's something I'm constantly struggling with, so. Having a hard time hearing? Are we a little? Okay. Feel free to tell me to talk louder. Any questions so far? I'm moving quickly here. How many Uh, shots do you take? How many many shots do you take? Question is, how many pictures do I take? It's, I mean, early on, very few. So with Adeline over there on Ash Wednesday, I took two um, because it's quite expensive. Um, So it's like $20 each click. So... Now it sort of comes down to funding, you know, in a lot of cases. So, you know, and like the fashion work, I went crazy with it um, and got to be very fast. So I can take a lot or, or not. Um, all of these pictures were made that, in that way with a large format camera, but I'm, I've done other projects with other cameras and I'm, it's not just this necessarily, so. I, I was, um, this has been so fascinating. Um, I was struck by your comment that you were a staff photographer at a museum for about seven years. Mm-hmm. So I was first—I was curious what institution it happened to be, and then I was also interested in what role um, that played in your training as an artist. Um, had you gone to art school prior to that, Right. or you know, to what degree was that experience formative in your sort of getting to where you are now mm-hmm. as a fine art photographer? Right. Uh, I mean, I did go to art school, so, and I never in a million years saw myself as, as a professional photographer, as making money doing photography. Because um, I started, you know, I wanted to be a painter early on and then a sculptor, and, uh, and it just turned out to be photography. And when I left college, um, you know, I had to get a job, and I worked first at a photo lab and then later, I got a job at a suburban newspaper chain. <laughs> and so I did do some working photography, and I, and I also assisted photographers. And in each case, it was um, not satisfying, you know, because it's very repetitive, and it actually sucks the creativity a little bit dry. And I eventually got this job at an art museum. But it's important, I wasn't actually a staff photographer. Because I was, I mean, initially, we had a thing called a dark room, which is where they used to make pictures. And, and I worked in there. And then they, we got rid of the darkroom, and I became a digital imaging technician. Uh, but I liked, th- this I, I really liked, because, I mean, I, because I worked in a lot of darkrooms, I hated the dark room. You know, so I, it killed that. But I, I decided, OK, I'm never going to be a professional photographer <laughs> that way. I'm not, I don't want to be. And the job came up to be the photographer, and I didn't apply for it because I, I didn't want to kill it. So for me, it was just, it was a low-paying, unlike here, where everyone gets lo- a lot of money. Uh, it was a low-paying job, but I was done at 5 o'clock. I didn't have to think about, you know, it was. And that was a good way to, to do it. Um, so the leap to being a, a professional photographer was risky for me. But it, I had a lot of freedom to say no to things, too. So it's... Um, but it, even to this day, it's still risky because sometimes I'll be doing an assignment, I'm in the middle of it, and I hate it. And Why am I doing this? And I'm killing my creativity and all that, so. It's not all dreamy. Yeah? Um, do you set up the lighting, the pictures like this? Uh... Right. The question is, do I... S- we have another question. Okay. <laughs> First question is, do I set up the lighting? And uh, not... One of these pictures is lit. So, uh, with Sleeping by the Mississippi, I did some lighting. Uh, just Just to get enough light for the large format camera. More and more, I I don't like lighting things because it's just another, something else artificial. So this lighting is actually the, like, you know, dance floor lighting that they had. It's incredibly difficult (laughs) with this big camera to do it. I mean, if you actually get in here, I mean, I try to focus on the eyes. Hopefully, every eyeball is sharp in this show. Uh, There's some movement because it's like, you know maybe uh, two second exposure or something like that. And uh, and you'll notice that that's the only, you know, this is wildly out of focus out here. You know, maybe her toes are in focus. I did a pretty good job on this one. Um, but it's always close. Um, but I don't like lighting things, now. I mean, the thing that I, every time I photograph, I have a revelation, which is that Photography is not the subject. It's the subject in the light. It's a subject reflecting light. (laughs) You know, so it's, you know, I could take her, you know, and move her somewhere else, and it's completely boring. It's because she's there. And for me to have the intelligence to fabricate the light that's interesting, that's going to bounce, I'm just not that smart. So question two? Yeah, the question is, how did I choose large format? Um, and it came from, you know, I didn't start with it. When I was out of college, I was shooting smaller cameras. And I and then I shot 4x5, but I didn't like that, uh, which is a small, it's like this big. And I just, I I looked at a number of the photographers that I really loved, just happened to use this 8x10 camera, so the film is this big versus this big. And I thought, well, it's working for so many of them. There must be something to it. And there is. And it, and in fact, I think it has nothing to do with resolution. So, because the difference is completely minimal. Uh, For me, the real thrill is the viewing experience with this camera. Because it's like an easel. It's like this painting. You really get to stand back and look at this thing. Um, you're not looking through a camera like this, and even with a four by five, you're just not in it. You're like it's like watching TV upside down. Um, so, so I fell in love with that. I mean, it drives me crazy too. So, because anything that moves, I can't photograph, and also like it's getting attached to me as this thing that I do. So it's it gets annoying like. I'm capable of working other ways. Um, Now that you've done editorial work and fashion work and fine art work, are there, like, ideas or conventions that you go to when you're going to do an editorial picture or a fashion picture? The question is, are there conventions when I do a fashion or, or editorial picture? When I was just starting, doing magazine work, I I fell into that, big time, so I mean, I did this my first, like, big celebrity shoot was Maggie Gyllenhaal and I lost it, like I uh, because I had all the makeup people and all this stuff and people telling me what to do, and I wasn't strong enough to say, like stop, you know, leave me alone, like I just want to have an encounter here, um now I'm much better about knowing what I want and controlling it. However, um, I mean, the, th- the big difference between magazine work and your own work is if, you know, you go to photograph someone on, with your own work and, and you realize they're not interesting, you just go away. But, you know, you have to produce the picture for the magazine. And in some ways that makes me a better photographer because, you know, I've learned all sorts of tricks to getting a good picture um, when there's not one there. You know, when there's... But it's cheating. It's like... Because it's not real. It's fake, you know. And, and sometimes, I mean, that can be a little soul-killing if you do too much of it. So I'm, I'm really laying off a lot of that now. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the process of uh, approaching strangers and offering to take their picture, mm-hmm. offering to make a portrait. Bad uh, experiences, <laughs> legitimizing yourself to them, you know. Right. Uh, so the question about how do I photograph strangers? Uh, I mean, there's so many different answers now. <laughs> you know, it used to be when I was just starting. I was so nervous that they would read the nervousness. No, it's not threatening. No, I'm not threatening for that reason. And then it was OK. Um, now I'm not that nervous, and I've done it enough. Now the problem is I can be too professional. And uh, I mean, it's really case by case. Uh, it's it's really amazing how few bad experiences I've had. Um, I mean, mostly because I ask permission. Although, what I just did in the Republic of Georgia was not asking permission. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, So I'm, the thing is, what I always say is that um, I am using people. (laughs) Uh, Because I am. I mean, I'm using her for my artwork. And she's not, you know. I'll send her a print. You know, I sent her a print uh, for what it's worth. But it's the the morality of it is questionable, uh, and I'm not proud of that. But on the flip side, it's it's amazing how many people are flattered and honored and happy for the attention and and we have great experiences and everything's okay in the end and it's really, you know, not that criminal. So. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about what it is that appeals to you when you're evaluating a particular subject in terms of deciding whether you're interested in taking their photographs? Yeah. Um, Like, how do I just, dis- yeah, I mean, it's sort of like the question, I'm looking out at all you, like, Which one of you would I photograph and why? Uh, And, I mean, the analogy I make is, okay, we're in a crowded bar right now. Which one am I attracted to? So, because you're attracted to some, you know, in the crowded bar, you're attracted to someone. Why is that? Well, it's because my mother looked like this. And, you know, it's very complicated. But you're attracted to certain types of people. And, you know, it's not it's a different kind of attraction, but it's there. And I, so it's not so definable, you know? I mean, you learn over time it's, I mean, one of the reasons models are tall is because this thing happens and you realize that photographically, tall, skinny people do something in a camera that reacts, it's weird. Um, you know, so, yeah, really unusually tall people, I'll photograph them every time, you know? But that's not my number one. Yeah, it, yeah, Tall People in the Fog. That's my next book. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you, Alex. Great, thanks a lot.